Welcome. The Leadership Lesson Podcast inspires leadership growth in everyone. We have enthralling conversations with top leaders in order to provide you with life-changing lessons. My name is Caleb Nichols. I'm a speaker, a pastor, and a family man. My hope is to inspire spiritual depth and leadership growth in you. I love to sit down with leaders from a variety of fields, hear their personal stories and leadership experiences. This creates the podcast. Enjoy. All right, welcome to the Leadership Podcast. I'm here with uh, my co-host Brad, Bradley Smith, and uh, this is where we talk about leadership, personal leadership, leadership in the home, leadership in business, church, wherever. And today, very exciting, I'm going to interview Brad. Special, surprise guest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a special, special podcast. I'm going to interview Brad uh, a bit about his journey uh, into leadership and being a leader uh, in, in business, in the church as well, the leader in the church, and uh, a bit about that. So Brad did me as well. Uh, he's interviewed me before, so now I get to get him back <laughs> with yeah. some questions. So my first question is the one that you asked me, how would you define leadership? Wow, that wasn't on the list either. I curveballed no. that one at you. Well, I think you define it really well, so you have to watch other podcasts yeah. to say that. But um, I'm going to say something different. I'd say leadership is leverage. So as leadership, we're going somewhere. I think everyone's going somewhere, whether you choose to consciously go there or not. Mm -hmm. But your ability to lead is your ability to get leverage and get more people there, to get more progress on the way to there, to do yep. something bigger than you could do just if you did it on your own. Yep. So, um, yeah. So that's good. Happy with that? Really good. And are you comfortable <laughs> not being on your own? Because um, it can be hard as a leader. You, you know, you'll yeah. like to do things a certain way. So how have you navigated oh, do. doing it with others well it's interesting for me because i've i've been in leadership with my job since i started i've never mm. not been in business so i've had to have so since what age have you been 16 so wow. i left school and um yeah traded the share market full time for well actually i left <laughs> I school that. to do an apprenticeship as a cover for my share trading <laughs> and then at 16 <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Um, and then at about... It's funny because that doesn't surprise me at all <laughs> that you would be trading shares at 16. And then at 19, I left my apprenticeship to go full-time with the shares. And, oh, um, I love and so that was interesting because I was on my own. But then after about a year, two years, I moved into the motorcycle thing. And that's okay. always been about... I've had to get others and team yeah. and leverage. So I do find it difficult to allow others to do things because mm. it's kind of been my show. So it's mm. easier to do it yourself. So... Definitely great challenge of leadership, isn't it? Letting others in. Man, it's it's yeah. I've been reading a book called Who Not How. I've read it before, but it's a great book mm. about this type of thing. Like the individual wants to know how, and as like the founder or the star player, yep. how is very important. Yeah. But for leverage, you got to work on the who. Yeah, yeah. Um, and That's I think really that good. starts with who I am. Mm. Um, really good. And yeah, these leadership things really work on who I am. Yeah, a they lot. do. They do. So tell us about um, where you're at right now, and then well, maybe we'll work back yeah. into your story from there. So what's like your kind it. of situation at the moment, personally, yeah. in the business, leadership roles? Great question. So, well, I'm recently married, so I've been married for two years, so that's an important leadership role, <laughs> <laughs> leader of the home. You're on a steep um, learning curve in that leadership <laughs> position. <laughs> um, but I have a business, um, and we've been going for 15 years, and it's wow. been interesting because... We won four-time Australian Business of the Year. Um, wow. I won Entrepreneur of the Year two times. Wow. Um, Telstra Business Awards, um, International Young Entrepreneur of the Year. So we had like a 
real steep climb. Wow. And then we had incredible crisis. Yeah. Like, worse than all that, like incredible media, legal, complete stops, basically. Wow. And now we've been in turnaround and we're in rebuild mode. So, so really, you've kind of done it all as a leader. Oh, it's been an incredibly... Um, yeah, I've had a lot of variety. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's a nice way to put it. It's funny. So when we kind of met, yeah, you would have been in the downward yep. phase heading into trouble. Massive. And then it got, you didn't, no one thought it was going to get this bad, but it got really bad. Yeah, yeah. But that was kind of when we, it's true. you were kind of doing well, but you were also started to teeter into. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things of leadership. When things are going well, you don't have to look at yourself too much because <laughs> yeah. you look at your results. When things go it's really so good, bad, isn't it? you start to look at yourself. And the more you look at yourself, I think you start to ask big questions. Mm. And I ended up here. So, so you, had a, you had a massive, massive crisis. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, yeah. So what is the big leadership <laughs> lesson in, in... Tell us a bit about yeah. the crisis and yeah. what have you learned? Because when I first met you... Yeah. And, you know, everyone was obviously yeah. wowed by Young Entrepreneur of the Year and you, you'd written a book. Yeah. Like all of these, you were, yeah. when I first met you, you were yeah. speaking all around Australia. You're one of the most popular speakers. It was like, you know, it was impressive. Impressive uh -huh. list of leadership, influence, Young Entrepreneur. Yeah. And then it's been an amazing privilege to journey through you, yeah. with you in the real stuff. Well, the trenches, the decline, the, like what have you learned in that? I'd say you've pinned it as well. Like that's the real stuff. It's yeah. very easy to have a resume or yeah. media stuff. And high five and everyone <laughs> and it's awesome. Yeah, but the real stuff is like when when things come against you and there's gonna be like it's it's inevitable you're gonna have incredible challenges in your life and especially if you're a leader you've, you're exposed to more opportunity for challenge because yes. leadership is I believe the fundamental element of leadership is you have leverage, which mm. magnifies whatever you do. Doing true. something great, it's true. you could do it much greater because mm. you're, you're leading a ship. Yeah, yeah. If, if something goes bad, well, then there's a bigger net for things to go bad. Um, and when things go bad, if, if, whether you make the decision or not, yeah. the ripple, like yeah. you say, the leverage, it creates a ripple that actually affects real people's lives. It's so true. And I think a lot of leaders don't maybe respect yeah. those formal positions yeah, and, so and think about, you know, if, if I do things wrong or cut some corners or the ripple actually, it affects real people. And that's what happened with us. So we were going really well, quite we profitable, winning a lot of awards, raised capital, ready to launch internationally and stuff. Um, and then we had crisis and we had competitors make allegations that we'd rebirthed motorcycles, which is fraud. Um, yeah, so if you Google my name, it would be very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and that, what, what did you learn? What do you reckon is the biggest lesson in all of the... the it's been, it was about yeah. two, three years of... Yeah, maybe more. nearly four. Yeah, nearly, nearly four, four years. years of... Um, and like, to be honest, we're still dealing yeah, with that. Yeah, like, yeah. We're working our way out of that. And um, I think the number one thing I learned is that as a leader, you're ultimately responsible for the culture you create. Mm. And the culture you create really produces the results or the mission or accomplishes what you are yep. set out to do. Yeah. Um, and that starts at the top. Mm. And you're fully responsible for your culture. And as the lady, you set the vision, you set the tone, and your job is to hold everyone accountable and yourself accountable mm. to where we're going. Um, so I think I learned that the number one way to, um, to just make sure that you keep on track like that is that you've got to protect that culture. Okay. And, and that culture starts with you. Like, 
I would say mm. culture individually is like your habits, your disciplines, mm. your focuses. Like, mm. and, and for me, a big thing was my ambition. Mm. Like, I was so ambitious, so, <laughs> so motivated, um, so hungry. Mm. Um, and that thing, that's great. Like it's, it's a great. good thing, but it's incredibly dangerous. I'm just giggling. <laughs> I'm giggling because of the second bit. It is. It's so good. I don't think I'm a bit like that, but... Yeah, it, it generally the first few times you really put that ambition thing to work, it usually results in a brick yeah. wall. Yeah, and until you learn to balance it, maybe um, use it at the right times. So true. You know. Yeah. And I think wisdom comes out of balancing your ambition with your discipline. Yeah, yeah. And because a wise person knows when to pounce and yep. knows like where, when to throw resources, including your energy and time, at something. Yeah. But a disciplined person has boundaries, yeah, has a structure, right. has metrics, has measurements, has, and ultimately as someone who's now come to Christ, I, I have a strong belief that God has formed me and with me and that there's enough. Mm. And there's a scripture that says that we don't need to plow the paddock to the edges. Mm, mm. And, and in the past, I would plow my paddock to the edge and next door's paddock. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's a big shift, I think. It's yeah. really good, really good. And I appreciate you being, you know, honest about, some failings, some brick walls. I think that's a great, um, I don't know if that was there a lot, but it's definitely seen as I've walked with you and seen you grown in that, you've become more um, able to embrace maybe the pain, uh, be <laughs> honest about the, the fact that things are really difficult and hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're an incredibly positive person, ambitious, you know, glass, glass is half full person, but I think you've done a great job the last few years in recognising things can get hard. You gotta yeah. embrace that, you gotta work with it, not yeah. pretend it's not there or put your head in the sand. Yeah. So maybe tell us a bit about that. Yeah, well that's, <laughs> well thank you firstly. <laughs> um, that's been a big part of being here actually, like actually yourself and the team here and um, ultimately coming to Christ has been the ultimate leadership journey for me because yeah. he's led me through an incredible season of challenge and mm. it's it's really humbled me like the more that I've had growth and then the more I've had failure the more I've realized that this is very fragile yeah like what we're doing where we're going what we're building is very fragile at any point the it's, most successful the most strong the most capable person can be brought to their knees yeah um, and that's ultimately um, the job of a leader is mm. to to I think firstly be able to understand that these things happen but secondly be be not too surprised when things come against us yeah and be ready to to work and deal with the stuff inside me firstly so i can deal mm. with leading my team and for me it came back to my family firstly mm. and a lot of people are affected by my challenges staff mm. lost jobs um that's pretty sounds pretty easy to say i'm here but that's very painful huge. um to see people yeah, lose their incomes. And then to see my family have to watch me go through court cases and get ripped apart by media and people on the internet. Mm. And it still happens today. Mm. Um, but all that pushes you back to the, the man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, you, it's between you and God and the things that he wants to deal with you in your heart and your mind mm. as you go through this stuff. And um, yeah. It's really good. I think that's helped make, make me, I think, more vulnerable about leadership. Yeah. Like, I, this is a bit of a tangent, but I think that if you see someone who sets out and really aspires to a leadership position, you should be concerned. Mm. But if you see someone who's building the character of a leader, mm. they're ultimately going to get that position anyway. But 
someone who sets out to get a leadership position, I don't think has been mm. kicked in the guts yeah. by leadership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and um, I would much prefer to go and work for a prosperous yep. motorcycle company that paid me a good wage. <laughs> and I just did my job, but I don't believe well, that's I think where God's That's something me. like for me, that's something I definitely look for in potential leaders mm. in, in, in the church world is you look for that they're tried, tested and true. Yeah. You know, there's that provability there yeah. that they've been through stuff. They've overcome personal challenges. Yeah. They've overcome leadership challenges yeah. because that gives the person that resilience, robustness that you know, like you said, I think it's a great point. It's it, part of being a great leader is recognizing that the inevi inevitability of crisis and problems are gonna come. Everything works yeah. in a cycle. If you're on the yeah. top of the mountain high-fiving everyone, yeah. it's a great day. Well, yeah. a good leader should know, well, at some point trouble's gonna come. And if we navigate that well, we stay at the top. Yeah. If we assume that we'll always be at the top of the mountain, we're gonna miss the crisis, we're gonna miss the blind spot, and we're gonna enter into um, a period or a cycle of decline, yeah. which can be really problematic. And a lot of people, individuals, marriages, whatever, they hit that decline, they can't deal with it, and then it, it, it breaks, so bankruptcy, divorce, whatever. So I think it's a really good point that um, the inevitability of that, and I look so, for that in leaders that um, have been through stuff, because then when the inevitable comes, yep. they'll be able to navigate it. It's not gonna be surprising. They've, they've stuck true and been consistent through their own stuff, yeah. So they're going to be a reliable, trustworthy leader. I mean, exactly. how many leaders, I mean, you would have seen a lot yourself, do you have that, you know, they can shine, yeah. you know, when the sun's shining and yeah. they can shine, you yeah. know, when the team's winning every week, yeah. but then things go poorly yeah. and they, they vanish and those leaders so disappear. True. And I think as well, like you, your ability to lead is proportional to your ability to reinvent and to right. know those seasons. Because yes. even if crisis doesn't come upon you, I mean, in some ways I had a blessing and then I just got punched in the face yeah. and it was just a bang, like season change yeah, yeah. in one day. It was day, dramatic, yeah. yeah. Where most people don't get punched in the face like I did, they take three, four, five, 10, mm. 15 years to, to sort of fade out of the, the wrong season. Yeah. And um, yeah, I got reinvented big time. <laughs> Well, you, I suppose you got put in a situation where you had no choice. Exactly. You either died. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. In a business sense, you like turned over. We did die, just, basically. Know, yeah. yeah. But you've, you've reinvented really, really well. So that, here's a great question. Yeah. So what does it take to reinvent then? Oh, you've been in a crisis. You've been yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. Like I was there alongside of you when you were traveling to court, you know, for weeks, months on end. You couldn't yeah. even work. Yeah. Like your job was to like prepare for court. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. And you've somehow, amazingly, it's, it's a real testament to you and Madeline, your family, have been able to reinvent your business mm. and keep your business yeah. in essence or keep the brand, reinvent, and, and you're on the rise again. Yeah. Well, I like think... how, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Teach us. <laughs> I think the number one thing for me has been, and this is for, I say this to my mates, even if they don't believe in Jesus, but the, the number one thing is that I could get up every morning and get on my knees and say, God, I'm for your glory. Yeah, And wow. that's that. Wow. And, and that's so spiritual. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but like. No, it's true. To, I believe in that. To wake up every morning and say, that's that. And wow. these, I, I want to win. Like, I love winning. Like, yeah. <laughs> I expect to win. I expect to do something great. But I went through a four-year season of losing. Like, yeah. it, it almost like everything I touched. Failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After a massive season of everything you touched turned to gold. Pretty much. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's been quite contrasting, hasn't it? Chalk yeah. and cheese. And I had to learn that like 
yeah, so number one, like to, to be able to somehow transcend the, the challenges of what's around you as mm. a leader, I think mm. to be able to, to stand true and stand like in your position mm. and hold your, hold your post is, is incredibly powerful. It's mm. really, it creates persistence and persistence always pays. But to do that, I couldn't be affected by my outside yes. results. But there comes a time when there's more than that. Yeah. Like I think there comes a time when like just being able to say, you know what, like I'm good with or without this. Yeah, great. And I turn up and give it everything I've got, winning or losing. Mm. There then becomes a time when it's all right. It is actually time to win. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, and so, are you saying there that part of what you learnt in that season was actually detaching yourself in a healthy mm. way mm. from the business yeah. outcome focus, yeah, and being secure enough in yourself, yeah, and being, and that's I suppose the on your knees. Yeah. If, if God's okay with me and I'm okay with him, businesses yeah. will come and go, jobs will come and go, money will come and go, and I'm okay. Yeah, it's true. And But then this is the multidimensionalism of like being a, a man, I guess, and especially being a Christian, is that there's more than that as well. Like yeah. there is, like I do go to work for a purpose. Yeah. And I do expect to overcome these crises. And mm. I do expect to bring order to all this disorder. And I'm not okay with disorder. Mm. Like I am okay with who I am and my, you know, no one can attack, you know, my joy and my yeah, peace. Your identity. My identity's yeah, okay, yeah. but I'm not okay with losing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's that's a real, um, I think that's a real challenge. That real challenge. I still wrestle with, and I think everyone I, I talk to has that wrestle of like, you know, leading matters a real lot, but yep. also kind of doesn't matter. Some some yeah, of the yeah. things that I do don't really matter as well. Yeah. And so it's I, been able to hold things loosely isn't it that's, that's like you yeah. want to win and have ambition and that's good if it's hopefully it's healthy it's coming from a healthy motivation yeah but you've also got to be able to hold it loosely because so much of mm. the game of leadership and business and that is is and other people community yeah you can't control there's so, so many true. ingredients that are uncontrollable yeah so what you can control is your heart your relationship with god mm. your mindset yeah you know your own your own money your own little life yeah but then leadership is mainly played out in this kind of public sphere and there's mm. like, and then this was a part of your journey with the conflict mm. was that all of these things happened that you couldn't control. Yeah. And a lot of them were really unfair yeah. and not right and yeah. unjust, but you still couldn't control them <laughs> yeah. to a degree. So true. I think as well, that's what crisis brings upon a leader. Crisis comes back to what's, what is the point in all that I do? Yes. And, and I think it comes back to the fundamental of I'm being formed into something. Like yeah, this, yeah, there is a purpose to what we do. Yeah. Um, whether it's crisis or winning, there's there's a purpose. And I think that starts with the Lord uses it to form me as a definitely, man and definitely. his maturing me and I'm character building. Character building, all that stuff. But then out of that we get to lead organizations and groups and a team and go somewhere and do something great. And that's mm. the adventure that I love of leadership. Like mm. especially in business, like we're an underdog, we compete against Honda and major corporations that I love the story of Mr. Honda and how he created something, but I want to win on our racetrack. I want to win in our showroom floor mm. and I want to win on in our vision of what we're trying to do to help people just enjoy motorcycles. Mm, and that's, that's like at the end of the day, we sell motorcycles. It's, it's, you know, we don't sell food. We're not doctors. We're not <laughs> spiritual guys, pastors. <laughs> like motorcycle doesn't really matter. <laughs> no one needs a motorcycle really. But it's so important that we, like, that's the But that's what you're selling, that you do need a motorcycle. <laughs> exactly. You should buy a motorcycle. But no, that's nah, in the scheme passion. of life, yeah, 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 yeah. 
And I think that we come back to like the adventure of leadership allows us to grow and mature so much. And yeah. I love the idea of being a, someone who's growing, taking others to grow, to mm. achieve something. Um, mm. I think that's an important part of life. And I've really noticed that from a business point of view, the more that I focus on leadership and my character development and my leadership skills, the more this adventure of leadership actually has a real purpose mm. way beyond selling motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would say like an eternal purpose, even if you don't yet know Christ, you would have to acknowledge that your job and your leadership and your decision to lead and to grow mm. forms something in you. Yeah. And ultimately, um, yeah, that's way more important. And, and I think contributes, forms something in you, but also contributes something externally. So like true. I think everyone you know, if, if we're honest, I think everyone surely could say, you know, your life, your work, your leadership, it contributes something to the world yeah. that goes beyond a material thing. Yep. There's a spiritual element. You know, we're, we're, at the end of the day, we're spiritual uh, beings. Like people are, there's so much more tied yeah. often to people's jobs. Yeah. And people want that conscience element to their job. Yeah. You know, like if you work in an industry or a job where you're asked, being asked to do things and you're doing things that go against your conscience, yeah. like you either like end up super depressed yeah. or you end up having to change and become this corrupt person that you never mm. were. Mm. And, it, you know, because there is a spiritual kind of conscience, deep heart element to what yeah. we do. So and you, no one can go and do, do a job that, that violates their conscience and lasts for very long because we're yeah. not built like that as humans. We can't go, well, it's a job and I get a paycheck. Yeah, it violates my conscience, but I need the money to feed my family. Like people don't work like that, mm. do they? Because we are contributing something to the world. It's mm. deeper than just a material thing and a paycheck. There's mm. a conscience, spiritual element to that. We want, we want to give something back that's good, mm. you know? You know, you, know you, don't, you don't bump into mafia bosses and they're like, you know, these super relaxed, satisfied, <laughs> peaceful people, positive. You know? mm. They're not because it's a corrupt industry. Yeah. So you become corrupted. So which is what yeah. you were saying, but the opposite yeah. to what you were saying before, which is where, in a healthy sense, being a leader actually makes you into something mm. incorruptible or something clean or something that we yeah. got to mature, something that we got to be better. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's really, so really good. True. And I think that, that from that, like I learned that leadership is not based on your position on an org chart. It's mm. got nothing to do, Great. in my opinion, based on where you sit. Yep. It's got everything to do with the state of your mind, the state of your heart, your decision to turn up and say, I'm going to add more value. I'm going to be responsible for making sure whatever I do, I, I lead, I grow, right. I, I build leverage and make it better. And um, ultimately that aligns to part of our call as Christians as well to bring order to mm, this world. Mm, and, that's it. Um, anyone can relate to that, whether you're the admin person or the marketing person yep. or the cleaner, like come to work and lead what you're, you're, you've been given. And, it's really good. Um, yeah. so, so what about when you were young? Mm. What was your biggest leadership lesson maybe <laughs> then? And tell us a bit about that because I think, yeah. I know for you it's your story and you know you might not find it that interesting, but I think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating. You left school, you're trading, you started BRAP. Like, tell us a bit about yeah. maybe starting BRAP, winning Young Entrepreneur of the Year. Yeah, well, I think, I reckon. Twice, like <laughs> yeah. it's pretty impressive. Oh, thanks. Like, but what did you do well and what did you, you know, what did you learn in that uh, season? My, my kind of mantra was that vision overcomes challenge. Mm. Let's just think bigger. Let's cast a bigger vision. Let's, mm. let's, that's it really. Like, wow. let's just build a bigger, 
whatever we're going for. And that was kind of the principle you operated on yeah. as a young guy. Yeah, and no matter how big our challenges get, let's just get a bigger vision. Wow, and, um, that's yeah, amazing. But I would say I was naively ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> as a 20-year-old, it's like, let's do it. If they can do it, we can do it. But you there's know? an element, obviously, that worked in that. It, Maybe you're a bit naive, but it yeah. worked. I think that's actually an element of leadership. It's one. It's a one-dimensional part of, like, mm. say, leadership yeah, well has many sides. One dimension is your ability to have a vision and just get the job done. Yeah. Turn off. Like, there's so many times. Like, I, I would never have got up in school to if I received an award. I mean, I didn't receive an award. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if there's I another did, side to the story. <laughs> but let's just say I did. <laughs> My sister did. But let's just say I did receive an award. I wouldn't get up and go get it. There's yeah. no way. If they had called my name out of school, I would pretend I wasn't there because I would not get up in. But I had to because the vision I had and I was so convicted of like, we can do this and this is worth it and this is my passion and I'm inspired to go and see this vision become something. Yeah. And I think I, I'm obsessed, still to this day, even as a Christian, I'm obsessed with seeing the things that I see mm. actually become reality. Right. And that's that stuck with me even now, even though my leadership philosophy has changed a mm. lot or idea you've added to that one yeah. dimension some other <laughs> skills yeah but um yeah that was really it just let's make it happen and and your feelings and emotions are, are irrelevant to your vision and yeah. so like for example i became a public speaker my greatest fear and i was doing 100 talks a year in front of people that intimidated me but i did it because because like, you were like talking to like big banks and you were the like guest speaker oh. in like it was, it All was kinds of so fancy places. I'd rock up at the, go to Tokyo to speak at the Banking Association's conference and they've got some 23-year-old with a mullet and a flannelette <laughs> shirt and he's had them backwards. And they asked me to wheel stand my bike in <laughs> and tell my story. I was so embarrassed. That's amazing. They paid me a lot. <laughs> that helped. And, but most importantly, it was a part of what I saw as my vision and my purpose at that time was to tell people about this great Australian motorcycle company and we're punching the big guys in the face and um, so good. we're getting growth. And I've, I was obsessed with growing at, mm. at any cost at that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter whether it meant debt, no matter whether it meant hire or fire or no matter I was embarrassed or not embarrassed or yeah. just grow. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So it's an amazing skill. Like I, I hear what you're saying, maybe it was a bit Im imbalanced and of course you were ignorant. We all yeah. are that age you know you just don't know a lot you haven't been around the world you haven't seen a lot but amazing um i think leadership element there that that having the vision so big and i think you still carry that in a health more healthy way now and i think that definitely challenges you know me the way you talk the way you see me our church things like that no it's good it's really good because i think as a leader you know especially once you've been doing it for a while like i've been in leadership now in different positions since for 20 years yeah. since from 18 to 38 i've always been in some kind of leadership responsibility team and for most of that time as a number one leader and and it's easy to drift into running the machine so true there's yeah. the machine of an organization or something that just needs to be run yeah. and you just get into that rhythm and there's jobs to do and decisions mm. to make and Someone might look at you and go, wow, you're really good at it, or that's really complex, but you're like, well, that's just what you do. You just run this machine. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's, that's really sad because I think you're missing that, the, the vision that so you're true. talking about, like a bigger vision to be bigger than our problems. What a great yeah. mantra. So like true. that element gets lost. 
And maybe you look back at yourself and go, it was imbalanced, but it's like, I would probably rather that mentality that you had as a young 19, 20 year old, rather than the old dude who just runs the machine. <laughs> there's no life, there's no color. Yeah. You know, people are getting tired because the vision's been the same for a long time. It's so true. I think for me, like, there's a list of priorities as a leader. Number one, through crisis, it taught me that your number one priority as a leader is that God is interested in you. Yeah. Like the man who is the leader, the person right. that he's forming into a leader. And that's all for a purpose. And we can talk that's more about our belief system around that. So number one is, like, the forming of the leadership character, yes. the person. Number right. two, I'd say vision. Like, mm. like vision comes after character, mm. but I think vision comes before wisdom. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, it is important as a leader to have a big vision and yeah. maybe you don't have the resources, like actually, no, you don't have the resources yeah. to get well, to where It's not big enough is. if you have the resources, yeah. it's not really a vision. It's so true and I think we get It's just that. a project that you can execute. It's so true. I actually think it's a weakness of the church is mm. that in general of my observation as someone who's quite... The church in general? Not our church. No, okay, okay. <laughs> not you. Just our <laughs> church. <laughs> No, nah, probably. No, no, no. Every church. Please, really, feedback, feedback. <laughs> just give you a few backhanded compliments. No, is that that we so highly value the order of God mm. and that being, you know, aligned to God means order, mm. that we often diffuse our vision yeah, and what yeah. could be and what we are called to be and where we're going and what mm. it looks like. And um, I, I think that I've suffered from this as I've gone through a huge crisis. I've let the pendulum of vision swing yes. from like this of way overestimated what I could have done <laughs> <laughs> I love it. and then I've been kicked in the guts and I've come back to I so highly um, value order mm. and am so wounded by disorder mm. <laughs> that I shrink my vision yep. and I had a chat Great to a point. guy who was looking to join me just last week he's looking to um, put some money into what we do and um, he comes to me and goes what's your vision and I told him like I showed him my current financials we're very disciplined, we've got mm. good metrics, mm. quite controlled. And I showed him my three-year projection based on that. And he just looked at me and he goes, why'd you tell me that? <laughs> and I, I was like shocked, because I was like, I'll show him the most truthful, probable, based on what's in my hand, mm. three-year strategic plan that I'm comfortable I can execute. Mm. And he goes, you, he, was, he was actually pissed off. He goes, you wow. wasted my time, go back. And he said, come and ask me, for this much money, it was 10 times more than what I was asking him for. He goes, come and tell me how you'd spend 10 times and how you'd build a real business. Wow. And I was like, he told the kid who like always got in trouble for having too big a vision <laughs> to pull his head out of the sand and get wow. out of my cave and get back on track with our vision. I thought really good. there's something refreshing about having a big vision. And mm. um, so can, can I just pick up on that point? Because I think I, I'm probably been in a similar spot the last couple of years in my leadership journey yeah. is you get your fingers burnt. Yeah. You lose your, I've definitely like my confidence. I wouldn't say I've lost my confidence, but mm. my confidence has really been rattled mm. and, and it's only natural. I mean, at the end of the day, you are a human. Yeah. It's only natural to come back to like, okay, let's do what we can control. Yeah. Yeah. You're a bit in survival mode. So true. Well, I can do this and I can earn a wage and I can have a business and it comes back and, and, and yeah. that's only natural because mm. vision is all out here. Yeah. It's what you can't control. Mm. That's the point of vision. It's about the uncontrollables and, and the adventure of having a crack at those and seeing yeah. if you can make something happen. Mm. And then you get burnt, you lose your yeah. confidence, you get discouraged. So it yeah. takes courage to achieve a vision. But when you're discouraged, you yeah. start losing your courage. Great you come point. back to what you can control. And most yeah. people live here. Yeah. 
my marriage is in maintenance mode, my job's in maintenance mode, my career is like, well, I can earn this and I'm here now and I'm just gonna do everything I can to hold on to this level I'm at now at work and this paycheck and live out of that. Mm. And, and, and the problem with arriving at a level and being okay with that mm. is the fact, exactly what you're saying, Brad, I love it, is you lose all the color. Yeah. Because so maintenance true. mode is dreary, it's a rainy day, it's surviving yeah. another day. And that is no mentality yeah. to bring life, to yeah. bring color. Yeah. And I think you're totally spot on what you're saying in the church world because that's something I've really wrestled with because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not the colorful dude. But that's why I married my wife, because I was like the boring, like, canvas. And she was like, colour and fun and exciting. I was like, oh, my goodness, i got to marry that. Because I just, and I'm not that, and I'm never going to be that for our church. I'm not going to be adding all this colour and fancy and ideas. And, you know, I'm not that. I'm the dependable, responsible guy who speaks well, and so I can give you the spine. But I've got to build people in my team and and empower people like yourself who are going to go, hey, why don't we try this? And what about that? And let's give that a crack. Yeah. You know, because people at the end of the day, they follow a leader and they follow a vision because it's got color and life and it's because it's got ambition. They don't follow, uh, you know, they like dependable, trustworthy, you know, that's a necessary ingredient, but they don't, that doesn't really inspire emotion, inspire the imagination. So I've, and I've personally had to learn to build that into my leadership because it wasn't natural. I'd just be like, look, this is what we're going to do and where we're going to go. And it's really rational. Like, can't you see it? And then I realized well, people don't think like me. So true. They want like, this is big and it's colorful. And it's like, oh, wow, I feel emotions and my imagination. So I've had to learn to add that um, element to how I talk and how I lead because that's yeah. how most people work. Mm. I think, and I think you've done that well. Like it might not be your natural state to cast a big vision, but there is a big vision here. Yeah. Like even just the other week, we had a leaders meeting, you were casting a vision of how many people live in our local region and the epidemic of meaningless and mm. unfulfillment like people are unfulfilled in our mm. region which our purpose as a church is to see people flourish and yep. know jesus and know who they are and um i think you've done good at that but that comes down to the leadership of like you've got to cast a vision and find the who yeah um and i think that's why i'd say characters first like always be allowing god to form your character as a man who is a leader mm. number two is vision like never forget that um I just, I just keep getting reminded as I'm sort of going through this reshift that God is so much bigger than I realize. Yeah. Like there's so much more available to me than I realize. And mm. I could do so much more than what I you know, rationally think every day. And I've got to carve out time in my day to just think about that, to visualize that, yeah. to see what things could be and to mm. be a bit crazy. And that taps into the hearts of the people I lead because yes. most of them don't want to follow someone who's got a rational plan. No. Like you look at some, uh, look at look at Elon Musk, I love him. Yeah. But you follow Tesla, only just started making making money. I have to check the markets, but only like, I think it was a year ago, they made money. Like <laughs> yeah. you're a business. <laughs> he just cast huge vision. Yeah, like, yeah. wild. And people love it. Love it, yeah. And um, anyway, like that, I think that's a good point. And then the wisdom comes. Yeah. How are we going to actually do this? Yeah. What battles are we going to, take on where are we going to take ground what's our defense what's Mm. our discipline it's like i think like the wisdom and discernment part of being a leader is is just really starting to click into to what i'd say the fourth part is like leaders win yeah (laughs) yeah where does humans want to win yeah we want to go somewhere we want to achieve and we want to be successful and i think if we've got Mm. great character we've got huge vision we've got the ability to be wise and seeking the wisdom of god then Mm. 
ultimately let's win. Let's yeah, take, good. Let's take ground. I love that. So how, how do you find these things outworking? It's your business world. Yeah. But then you're a leader here in the church. Yeah. And, and you know, you've, you've mentored people and, you you know, people seek your wisdom, not only in business, but also in spiritual things. And like, so how do you think there's a difference between the two worlds? Do you think, mm, yeah. I, you know, obviously leadership principles should carry over in all parts of life. Mm. And that's mm. kind of what this podcast is about, yeah. is that leader everywhere. But, you know, where, where do you see differences or different mm. emphasis or, I don't know, there's got to be some difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not really. My business life is an overflow of my relationship with God. Yeah. And, and that's like that number one of like the character. Like I mm. couldn't have a godly character and align to his plans that are to prosper me and to see flourishing. Like I couldn't do that if I didn't spend time with him. Mm. So I think the, the thing is when I come to church, the ultimate goal is to point people to Christ because I've had such a rich experience of meeting Jesus. I want everyone to know that. Yeah. Like my whole life has changed because people like you and other people led me to Jesus. Mm. And ultimately I could have this source of life that doesn't rely on the leader, like he mm. is the leader. So at church, it's 100% pointing to him mm. and the vision and then everything else is to facilitate that. Mm. Um, where at work, who I am as a Christian overflows mm. into the things where, like my work is really just my platform to, mm. to express all those things mm. that God has called me to be and creating me to be. And um, I'd say like my workplace is just my platform. Mm. Okay. Where, where here, the difference is that, um, I guess the things we do of church is a platform, mm. but it's so much, easier here from a Christian point of view because you really only come here because you're curious about God yeah. or you're going on for yeah. God. You don't have to be here. Yeah, you don't have to. Where <laughs> at work, I, most of my staff are not Christians. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. And they have to be there. Yeah, they have to be there. <laughs> They're not they there volunteering. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think it's a good question of how, how it's different because I think it's an important one to wrestle with for anyone who is a Christian. Like, how do we operate in the marketplace to a non-Christian world that you know, most of my staff don't want to know about him. Yeah. But they're so intrigued at the same time yeah, that yeah, I am yeah. a Christian. And yeah. they ask me about him all the time. And, mm. yeah. Well, I think the great, the great story of Christianity throughout history has been that um, the principles of following God can overflow into what we sometimes call the marketplace, yeah. you know, the public sphere. Yeah. And they work. Yeah. You know, because servant leadership yeah. works and that came through yeah. Jesus. And, you know... Um, a, a moral, ethical business yeah. is what people want to see. They don't like corruption. Yeah. Well, that's a Christian ideal, so to be honest and to not mm. be corrupt. Mm. So like all these principles overflow. It's what people want. People yeah. demand, you know, a, a high moral standard of mm. leaders in politics. And, mm. you know, if a politician in Australia has an affair, then their, their mm. political career is brought into uh, jeopardy. Mm. So true. And I sit there and look at that and go, why does anyone care? People have affairs all the time. Yeah. Like as a Christian, I, I think that marriage is sacred and I think that mm. divorce is wrong and things like that. And I think that God, you know, wants people to stay married. But in the public sphere, I'm like, why does your average Aussie care that the prime minister, if the prime minister or the politician or something had an affair? But they do yeah. because there's this moral radar and we also demand high ethical standards mm. of our leaders. But then it's, mm. you know, that brings up a whole nother conversation because why do they demand these ethical standards where, your average person can divorce their wife if they want to, and we don't demand that. Of, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But, yeah. you know, I think that overflow of Christian principles into the public sphere is really interesting in that 
you know, I think a lot of people wouldn't consider us a Christian nation and we're probably, you know, becoming increasingly secular, but our roots are in the Judeo-Christian ethic and so we have a lot of these, it's interesting. these values. So it's interesting because yeah. people want your mm. Christian stuff at work, say, yeah, but they're not necessarily wanting God or wanting to go to a church or something like that. Well, I don't so think a, that. That's, and I think that's the ultimate thing is with leadership, it's, especially Christian leadership, like I have to fully respect the free will of the people I lead, mm. which is that some of them are going to reject Christ. Mm. Now, my conviction is that I'm a man who serves the Lord, so I want to see people flourish mm. and I have to give them their free will, but my, my call is to also to share the good news of who Christ is with them. And I, I'm convicted by that every day. I think about that and I pray about that at work yeah. of like the balance of seeing my people just be who they are versus I know that God's got a greater call for them and I know that he craves a relationship yeah. with them and like I've got one guy in my heart at work at the moment and I know that like there's there's just such a rest that he will find when he knows Christ. Mm. He's got such a busyness and such a anxiety and such a just a bit off like mm. and knowing Christ would shift him so much yeah, but yeah. I have to fully respect that you know, he's, he's yeah. where he is. And, and you can't push your beliefs on him yeah. in the workplace. And, and that, that, that line of, um, I think the interesting line is when you're out there, and this must be a real challenge for you in your workplace, yeah. you, you know, there's got to be that respect of what others believe. Yeah. But then through relationship, you yeah. get to share what you believe. It's so true. And you want to help people find God because you believe in God. Yeah. But then there's also mm. that, you know, you can't use your, mm. you've spoke about leverage. You can't use yeah. the leverage of your position to proselytize so in an inappropriate way. Yeah. So it's that fine line. And, and I think that's where relationship's mm. important. Yeah. And that's probably another good leadership principle is yes, you're the boss, yes, whatever. And maybe mm. there's a gap, yeah. you know, like the coach and the sports star, there's gotta mm. be a bit of a gap. Yeah. But then through a healthy relationship and rapport, you know, yeah. we share our beliefs mm. as human beings. So and, true. You know, you can come down to that level, even if you're the boss and, it's and important. talk and, and but as a christian you'd want to do that yeah with something if you didn't have god in your heart you'd probably just stay aloof mm -hmm. as the boss so true and the thing as well is i realize the more i'm aware of this like the call of a christian is to make disciples mm. and i want to uh, like i want to do that at work mm. so that doesn't mean that i am um like my need for relationship and my my value of relationship shouldn't offset my ability to share the truth as yeah. well and yeah. so and there's a big gap there, especially mm. in Australia at the moment. It's so offensive to, to talk to someone with an opposing view about mm. all sorts of mm. things, mm. Um, let alone the matters of their heart. And so I want to do that in a graceful way. And that calls me to pray. Like just mm. constantly as a leader, I find that I'm on my knees good. more than ever. Cause so good. I, I believe that he's given us ability to, to administer, like to, to partner with him in his, his, um, just desire to see people mm. come into relationship with him. And um, I realized that without Christ and the power of who he is, I can't do any mm. of that. Mm. So it's kind of pointless. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a part of that first, that step one of leadership is character. Like right. the man I am is, uh, I, I hope that I'm a man of God. Yeah, always. which is great. That's what I love about God is he's in the, he's in the man shaping, human yeah. making so business. True. Yeah, he go. He doesn't care. That's great because it's the great equaliser. Yeah, because leaderships often can go into this mm. thing about you know these these outer skills yeah. and intelligence and whatever. But then God just goes after your heart. So he goes true. after the things no one sees. He yeah. goes after things we don't even know about. Yeah, it's, he wants us to be a certain kind of person in mm. secret. Yeah, 
where leadership and, and these kind of things mm. can often be so much about being a certain kind of person, you yeah. know, when we're in the light and when people so see true. us and it's a bit of an act. And I love that about God. It's the great mm. kind of equaliser. So, I think want, can I just say one thing as well? Is that the, oh, you can. Still, this is your own interview. Oh, I'm interviewing interview. you. You know, <laughs> you're the man. <laughs> but I, I think that's a sign of a great leadership is his his prayer life over his what he leads. Yeah. Is that there's just something so powerful about understanding that God's heart is to see your people flourish. Yeah. And and that we have the ability to pray for them and see God do things in them and for mm. them. Mm. And, um, yeah. I just I just reckon that's. It's, and it's a beautiful thing when one of your staff members or teammates finds out that you've been praying for them in secret. For, yeah, yeah. Man, they've been praying for you on this. or write them a letter or let them know. Like, I've just seen people's hearts transformed. And like, right. wow, like, there's just something in it. And it's really good. I want to get better at that. So to bring this to a bit of a close, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've talked a lot about Jesus and your relationship yeah, well, with God, which is really good. And I, I'm, I'm the same. That's where my leadership starts. But maybe outside yeah, of that world, yeah. what's been the biggest impact on you yeah. has it been a person uh, a book Ooh. like i know you've yeah. traveled the middle east with <laughs> anthony robbins and hung out with him that's one of yeah. my favorite stories like who's who's impacted you just in your leadership skills ability yeah. it's a really good uh, well firstly i was incredibly privileged to make a fair bit of money as a teenager so i used that to invest in my education i just thought number one i'm going to get around the best people in the world and learn from them i mm. thought that would be the best thing i could do as a young bloke and my wife probably wishes I saved money, <laughs> but I spent it on learning things. I spent a lot of money. Like following Tony Robbins for a year cost me 250 grand. Like, <laughs> I as love a 23 it. year old, that's a lot it. of money to spend. And people will say that I'm, uh, I'm mad, but. No, I, no, I love it. I, I can see your mindset. Yeah, I could. Wanting to learn. I got to spend time with 50 people that went to wherever Tony Robbins was in the world every three weeks. And most of these people. Every three weeks? Yeah, where wow. I went to Africa. Went to um, his house in Sun Valley, Idaho. Went You've to, been there? Yeah. Like, oh, that's had crazy. a hot tub with him and you jump in the creek because he has a hot hot spring hot tub, natural hot spring, the only one in, I think, that area that goes next to a creek and it's snowing. So you jump oh, in the creek and then in the... That's yeah, amazing. something cool. What's he like to hang out with? Oh, just like you see on the... Is he? Yeah, he's that. It's just great he's fun. On and just you, just intensity really, to the max. High intensity, really, really... A good man, you know. I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's got a, a you can see capacity. that, can't you? Yeah. You see, he's just a really good bloke. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, and just a big capacity, a big heart. But um, I got to spend time with his crew, which was really fifty people who'd made a lot of money. Like, mm. I reckon the and yeah, Brad, the youngest, yeah, <laughs> the youngest person above me was probably in their fifties or really, or mid and you were twenty three. Yeah. So, wow. So the average age would be like yeah, late fifties, and right. most of them made. 10 to 100 million and then got divorced <laughs> and now they're trying to figure out what, oh, what to what's do. next uh, and interesting. Find, you know, just recalibrate and what a great opportunity to study mankind wow. and to learn and they took me under their wing as kind of like a son really. Yeah. Like I learned, you honestly, I couldn't, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, um, I would do that, it'd be awesome. It was awesome. So that he really... So when can we get Anthony Robbins on the podcast? <laughs> just give him a bell. There's one statement <laughs> that we say with TR, it's like, you got to pay to play. <laughs> <laughs> he might come on if we pay him. No, yeah. I don't know. He probably he, he'd do a lot of things for free. But um, it's interesting. I, I think so. Yeah, his concepts very powerful. Mm. But the people that were on his journey, I learned so much from mm. just the average people who are having a crack, but highly successful mm -hmm. people. So I love even like even to flip that. 
Yeah. I know that Anthony Robbins is big time and big money and huge, but like yeah. even the way that he as a leader, like lets people into his personal life, takes yeah. them on trips into his home. I think, you know, that, that's part of the reason why you can see he's so successful. Mm. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's this authenticity, this kind of earthiness to what he does, yeah. you know, like, and that just mm. proves it. And yeah, you're paid money and whatever, yeah. but you know, the, most of the people on the trip have that money. So true. But like the fact that I think that's, that's interesting that, so the, one of the most powerful, you know, leaders, life coaches in the world, how does he see the best way to help mentor train people? Yeah. It's, that's very interesting. It's bring true. them in close, bring them into your home, spend time together. Mm. It's a little bit like Jesus. We won't go back yeah. to that. But like, it's close and personal. It's not yeah. all just stage and sit yeah. and listen. And I, I think yeah. that's fascinating in and itself. And, and, and a 23-year-old guy, yeah. that's the only way you could get near him. Exactly. And then you had that phenomenal access. It's interesting. And there is a money part, which most people would trip over and yeah. lose all what you just said. But what you said is true. Um, that was really interesting. But it's but all relevant. I'm yeah. not sure that's how, why you spend the money. It's, so at the end of the day, money's money and whatever, but that's a lot, once in a lifetime opportunity. Do you know why people pay TR 250 grand for a year? Because if you go to TR, you know that TR wins. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like you would overlook, I don't know, this is a, this is a flippant statement, so leave it, but you Put would overlook there. a lot of his imperfections because he's a winner yeah. and he's known just to win. Like, yeah. It's true. And so you pay the money to learn his concepts and his skills and why he wins mm. and the next part of that is like how does he make his decisions wisdom i'd say mm. how does he um cast vision like what is his visions mm. and then the final part is like who is he as a man and his character and mm. Mm. it's all similar stuff so it's right, so a big impact i think and then secondly um i'd have to say like my my mum's a pretty special mum like mm. she's full on we call her a-bomb <laughs> <laughs> and i've been a hey, a-bomb out there <laughs> she Andrea. probably watches probably <laughs> the comments because she does do a lot of facebook and youtube so. <laughs> no but i was uh, one of the privileges of my life has been that i've moved straight into a leadership position of owning my own business yeah but i've had a mother and a dad but especially my mum who had no fear of rejecting me mm. like we have a special relationship where mum has been constant and live feedback. Mm. I constantly laugh about that. Mm. Now I've got a wife as well who's oh. like that too. <laughs> but growing up, like my mum would give me live feedback on yeah. what it is to lead. And still to today, Amazing. I get text messages from her every day because she sees things that I don't see. My nature is to let things slide, yep. see the best in people. Yep. Where mum's nature is accountability, nip it in the bud. Mm. <laughs> it mm. happens now, how you do anything, it's how you do everything. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and so I need to learn that. And and then also my wife, because she, she taught me what it is to have order, mm. which is an important element of leadership. It's very difficult to follow chaos. Yep. And my really wife good. has, like that's been a huge shift. Um, that's the result of my wife and, and coming to know Christ. Right, a woman in your life. Yeah. And now true. a daughter. Yeah, she's You're getting surrounded. She's teaching me joy. But, and then um, another person which you can read about is Keith Cunningham. I mm. love his concepts. He's a business guy. And he really taught me the, I think, the element of, of measurement-based leadership or metric-based leadership okay. or really discerning, like cutting through all the crap to say, are we winning or are we yeah, losing? Right. And, and he taught me a lot about that. Yeah, that's good. I'm always trying And I like that about you with your leadership because I think it's, it's where a lot of leadership falls down. Yeah. It's like you get 90% of the way, but you just can't nail a scoreboard. Yeah. You can't be honest. Did yeah. we win? Did we lose? You don't. Yeah. 
the leader can't hold people accountable. Did yeah. you follow through on what you said? When or did you not? And and, and it's so it's true. hard. You can do everything so well, but mm. if you can't nail it, it just becomes like, you know, like you go to the footy, mm. and that you know my team played well, but we lose every week. So true. Yeah. It's like, well, what's the point? You know, because so. it's got to end. There's got to be an end product, a grand final, a trophy. There's got to be mm. something you go for. And I think, and that's not being arrogant or ambitious or mm. you know weird kind of businessman kind of stuff. It's I think it's just it's just the reality of of, of leadership. Yeah. You're leading somewhere, and you're not leading people into a valley. Yeah. You want to lead them up a mountain. So true. You know, but at the same time, there's you know grace and there's mm. um, reality checks and whatever. <laughs> but um, you know, and that's why I think I can hear in your leadership. Maybe you started very ambitious, and it was like only getting up the mountain. Yeah. Where now you've learnt that you know there'll be some avalanches, yeah. there'll be some problems, we'll lose some people on the way. We still want to get up the mountain and win, yeah. but it's a lot more measured. There's mm. maybe a little bit more grace and time, yeah. and all of that. You don't. I know for me, getting up the mountain is important too. But I've learnt to not take things so personally yeah. as we go up the mountain. Yeah. You know how to bring in others to help me because I just thought I could climb Mount Everest yeah. on my own, and yeah. All right, last, last, any parting shots? Parting shots? No, any just, um, just incredible wisdom that you haven't shared? <laughs> I just like to, anytime I talk leadership, I like to remind people that it's got, and just drill this home, it's got nothing to do with your position. Great. As in like, love that. are you a the business owner? The formal position, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you the entrepreneur, the business owner, the pastor? Love, love it. You could be the cleaner and take responsibility and be an incredible leader in what you do, not just the role you have, but leadership is... It's a state of the heart. It's a it's a focus. It's a yep. decision. Yeah. Um. And we lead ourselves. We lead our homes. And we lead wherever we get to go into the workplace. Love and, it. Um. Yeah. Just an encouragement to keep focused on it and ink ink some things. Let's write some things down. Don't just get high on the concepts of leadership and trying to create visions and that type of thing. Ink it down. Yeah. Um. And that's that's that. It's so. great. You have an amazing story, like in all honesty, it's been amazing. <laughs> but I know you're only part of the way through it. Oh, and I'm really excited for the future with you as a leader and an influencer. And uh, I think just you shared four great points with us today too. Um, so really well done. That's Brad's leadership story. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for playing such a great role in, mm. uh, in my journey as a leader. Mm. It's important. Mm. So. It's fun. Let's keep going. Guess getting started. <laughs> I trust you are impacted by that Leadership Lessons podcast. I would love to hear your thoughts about today's podcast. Please comment down below and please review the podcast and share it with a friend. Doing this inspires us and helps others to find the podcast. See you next time.